Well, good morning. John's Gospel, chapter 6, this morning, we're in the midst of a series on worship, and we're using the great I Am statements of Jesus out of the Gospel of John as our foundation for this series. We started last week, the first Sunday of the year, and today we continue looking at Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. In fact, he repeats that twice in this passage. In verse 35 of John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. And then in verse 48, he also says, I am the bread of life. I don't believe it is an exaggeration or an overreach to say that the message today from Jesus to us out of this gospel is a matter of life and death. It is that serious for each and every one of us here today and those watching over live stream or at some point maybe just on podcast. Let me first set the context of what is happening around what Jesus is saying and where he's saying it. In verse 59 of John chapter 6, we are reminded that Jesus said these words while he was teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. He was in Capernaum because he had just fed thousands of people from five loaves and two fish, and they got their bellies filled. And he is led to cross over the Sea of Galilee to go to the other side and to enter into Capernaum and continue his ministry there. And many of those that he had fed were following him to Capernaum. And he says to them earlier on in the chapter, you are following me, not because you want me, not even because you saw the miraculous signs. You're following me because you got your bellies full of bread. You're following me for strictly material, physical reasons, for what I can do for you there. You're not interested in the spiritual. And so in verse 27 of John chapter 6, Jesus says to this crowd, do not work for the food that disappears, but work for the food that remains to eternal life, the food that the Son of Man alone can give to you. See, all they were interested in was the physical, material, temporal things of life. And Jesus is saying to them, I am looking for those who understand and comprehend and grasp that the spiritual is more important than the physical because we are made spiritual beings and we are made eternal beings. And long after you and I exist on this earth and long after this earth is gone, we're still going to exist in eternity for all time. And every human being is going to exist for eternity in some form or another, in some state or another, either in heaven with the Lord or in the lake of fire apart from the Lord because they don't want the Lord. 
And so Jesus is saying, you and I need to prioritize our spiritual life. Now, in order to really, I guess, get this message, because it's about bread, I want us to think of physical things and then transferring those physical things over to the spiritual world and climbing that bridge, if you will, or making that bridge. Because there are many Christians who are suffering from spiritual malnutrition. There's not a one of us that doesn't think about eating. And we wouldn't think about going even a day without food physically, you know. And yet, how often do we, even as God followers, really prioritize making sure that we are spiritually being fed and that we are spiritually being nourished as much as we plan our days and our weeks and our months around our physical food? See, that's where Jesus is even with the crowd. He had fed them physically, but they needed also to be fed spiritually. So in order to sort of get the flow here, what I want you to do this morning is just follow along with me, and I'm going to sort of give you a, a taste, if you will, of the passage through some verses, and then we'll come back and look at two things, the divine provision of God and the human appropriation of that provision this morning. I want to begin in verse 33 of John chapter 6, where Jesus says, for the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven to give life to the world. After he said that, the audience said, well, sir, give us this bread all the time. And Jesus said to them, in verse 35 of John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never go hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. Then drop down to verse 40. He says, for this is the will of my Father. For everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him to eternal life. Then I want you to go over to verse 47. Jesus is just talking about eternal life, and he says in verse 47 of John chapter 6, I tell you the solemn truth. The one who believes has eternal life, and I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This bread that comes from heaven comes so that anyone who eats of it may not die. And then he says again, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats from this bread, they will live forever. Let's look first at the divine provision, back up in verse 33. 
Jesus, first of all, says there is a God bread, not a physical bread, not a material bread, a God bread, the bread of God that God has provided for anyone who is interested in partaking of this bread. And he says this bread is not a thing, it's a person, which is why he says the one who came down from heaven is the bread of God, me. I'm the bread of life. Now, Jesus is not only saying I'm the bread of God, but he's also saying, don't forget, based on last week's message, I am the great I am. I am the eternal son of God who always was, always is, and always will be. I am the self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-defined, self-existent God. I existed before anything else, and I will be here forever. I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. I have the keys of hell and death in my hands. I am. And I'm the one who came down. And he says then, here's the purpose of this divine provision, to give life to the world. In other words, this bread that I am, is good enough that if every human being who had ever been born wanted this bread, it would have been sufficient to feed every human being who's ever existed. And not only to feed them, but to give them life. And Jesus talks about this throughout this passage, right? And let's remember that this word life is not the word bios in the Greek language, just physical life. This is a word that speaks about spiritual life, but really living life at the highest level, the highest quality of life that a human being could possibly live on planet Earth. In a couple of weeks, we're going to look at where Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And he goes on to say, I'm not only the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep, but I have come that my sheep might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life. That's this kind of life that he's talking about. See, he's not just talking about giving us physical life. He's talking about giving us real life, eternal life, and that eternal life is more than a quantity of life. It is a quality of life that can only be lived by partaking of the bread of God that has come down from heaven. Without partaking of this bread... No human being can ever experience this abundant, highest quality of living. Which is why now we need to talk about the human appropriation of this bread. Because I would hope, although I'm not saying I totally believe it, but I would hope that every last person here in this auditorium has Jesus Christ as your Savior. Therefore, in a sense, you have access to that bread every day. But you still might, as a Christian, not be experiencing the highest quality of life that you and I could be experiencing as a Christian, that abundant life, because we're not partaking of the bread. We're not appropriating it. There's four verbs that Jesus uses in this passage dealing with human appropriation, and each one of them is in the 
present tense, meaning they are something that you and I must do continually, just as we eat physically continually, right? There's nobody here that goes, well, I ate last week, everyone, you know, and I'm good to go for a month. No, most of us eat several times a day, right? Every day. We don't, we don't live in the physical eating realm of just eating one and done and being, you know, we're not like camels. We go back and keep eating. Well, guess what? We need to have that same mentality, that same perspective when it comes to partaking of the bread of life. The first word that Jesus uses then In verse 39, is the one who comes to me, or excuse me, 36. The one who continually comes to me will never go hungry. The one who continually comes to me, who constantly comes to me will never go hungry. It means we will never be without spiritual nourishment and sustenance. As long as we keep coming to the bread of life, we will have all the nourishment and all the sustenance that we possibly need in life. And that that nourishment that we're getting from the bread of God is enough not only to sustain us, but to allow us to live at the highest level we could possibly live at. But we've got to appropriate it. We've got to continually and continually and continually come back and partake of the bread of life. As I said earlier, I believe that if Christians were honest, there would be many out there who say, I'm spiritually malnourished. I'm not getting the spiritual nutrition and nutrients into my spirit that I make sure I get physically into my body every day. It's not as much of a priority in my life as it should be. I make sure I'm filled up physically at all times, but I'm not making sure that I am being filled up spiritually all the time. And my spirit and my soul is suffering for it. And then when I do live in challenging, difficult days, it becomes even harder because I don't have the reserve or the reservoir inside of me to draw from when things get hard or difficult. And many Christians, even today, in this last year, it has taken its toll. And it has shown up that we have just sort of not made our spiritual life the priority that it should be. We've got to get back to coming continually to the bread of life. And then Jesus says in verse 36, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty not only will we never go without nourishment or sustenance when we come to the bread of God, 
but we will never go without refreshment when we believe and trust and rest in the bread of God. And again, the word believe is I've got to continuously believe and trust and rest and place my confidence in Jesus. And notice what Jesus says here. He connects being refreshed to trusting in him. If you and I, even as Christians, find ourselves at any time in our life where we're not continuing to trust in him and believe in him and rest in him and place our confidence in him, then we will be robbed of our refreshment and we will not be at rest. We will be a restless people, and there will be a dryness rather than a refreshing in our life because we're choosing at that moment not to trust in the bread of God. See, I can't just come to the bread. I've got to believe in the bread. Just sort of like when I sit down, I can't just come to the meal. I've got to believe that that meal will satisfy and fill me up and give me the, the nutrition that I need to keep on going. We have to believe in the bread. And that's why over in verse 47, Jesus says, I'm telling you a solemn truth. The one who believes has eternal life. In other words, he's simply saying, it's not enough just to believe in me as your Savior the moment you and I accepted Christ as our Savior and our sins were forgiven and we became a child of God and we're on our way eventually to heaven. That's all great, but I've got to also continually believe and trust and rest in him for the rest of my life. Otherwise, I'm never going to experience that abundant life, that highest quality of living, because I'm going to take something back from God, and I'm going to start either relying on myself or others or, you know, something of this world, and I'm going to start putting my trust and faith and security and stability in something or someone else other than the bread of God. And every time we do that, we rob ourselves of refreshment. So Jesus says, here's how you appropriate this divine provision of the bread of God that's come down from heaven and wants to give life to the world. We've got to come to him continually, and we've got to believe in him continually. Then if you go to verse 40, Jesus says, and this is the will of my Father, everyone who looks on the Son and believes, looks. And notice it's not look to the Son. That's where the faith comes in. That's belief. He says, but looks on the Son. Do you know that they, they, they tell us before we ever pick up food and we eat it, that we first eat with our eyes? That, that it's got to appeal to our eyes first? That that's where it goes, it, that in a sense, it's, it's before it ever gets into our body, we look at it and we smell it and all. It, it's got to have that kind of sensory 
attraction and captivation to us. Same thing is true spiritually with partaking the bread of God. See, this word looks is such a worship word. It speaks again of gazing at the bread of God, contemplating the bread of God, considering the bread of God, focusing on the bread of God. Just being in awe and wonder of the bread of God. When was the last time each of us spent a time just thinking about Jesus rather than all these other things that we're filling our heads with? When did we last spend and how often do we spend contemplating him and considering him in all of his beauty, in all of his majesty, in all of his glory, in all of his greatness? See, this is part of our human appropriation, looking on the sun. Just spending time with him and just, again, being captivated by him. And again, it's not a glance. This word is, I'm locked in. In a sense, it would be like, I can't take my eyes off Jesus, which is a biblical concept, right? Because the Bible all over talks about how we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We've got to look at Jesus and look on Jesus. All through the Bible, the exhortations come up about making sure that our eyes never are taken off of Jesus. That's what this word means. So Jesus saying, God has provided bread for every human being so that even here on this earth, with all of its issues and problems and challenges and difficulties, you and I can experience abundant living, the highest quality of life a human being could have. But you and I have got to continually come to the bread. We've got to continually believe in the bread. And we've got to continually look on the bread. There's one more. Over in verses 47 through 51, Jesus finally says, hey, I'm the bread of life. He says, but here's the difference. He said, you guys kept talking about the manna that Moses provided that actually came from God. He said, but you realize your ancestors ate that bread and they still died. Don't miss the statement that Jesus makes next. And we'll come back to it in just a minute. He says, this bread from heaven, it was given to you from God so that you may eat of it and never die. Eat. And then he says, I'm the living bread who came down from heaven. If anyone Eats. That's the final way. Eating the bread. It's not enough just to look at the bread, just to believe in the bread. I got to take it in. And we're the same way physically, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't just sit there and stare at my food on the plate. It gets into my mouth and down into my system pretty quickly. 
because I consume it. I take it in. Why? Because eating is essential. You and I cannot exist physically without eventually eating. Without eating, we die. So why does Jesus end this passage talking about us eating? Because he's saying, without eating spiritually, you will spiritually die. You will never experience life as I desire you to experience it without eating me, taking me in and consuming me, making me a part, allowing me to penetrate your being. Not just that you, I sit at the surface and you, you know, you gaze at me and, and you keep me at arm's length. No, that you literally take me in. And by the way, eating normally, not always, eating is usually in response to hunger. And part of the problem is we're just not hungry enough for Jesus. We sang about that this morning. Our physical appetites and our temporal appetites and our material appetites, we make sure that they are, you know, taken care of. But what about our spirit? Is it a priority? Going back to what Jesus said in verse 27, do not work for the food that simply disappears. Work for the food that remains to eternal life. Make your spiritual life and your spiritual nutrition and your spiritual diet and your spiritual eating habits a priority of your life so that you can experience abundant eternal life. Eating. By the way, Eating is not only in response to hunger, eating is not only essential, but eating is what you and I do every day physically to take into our bodies that literally shapes who we are. The old saying is really true. We are what we eat. If you and I do not eat healthy, internally and externally, it will show up in our bodies. And even if it doesn't look like we're not well outwardly, you go to the doctor and get blood work done and your blood work will show, oh, you got some problems. And those problems many times are because of our diet and our nutrition and not eating healthy and eating a bunch of junk food and all of that. And again, you and I you who know me know I do not deprive myself of anything. I love a brownie as much as anybody, right? So I'm not saying that we shouldn't do any of that. I'm just simply saying, but we've got to keep it in balance. Why? Because we are what we eat. And the diets and the nutrition and the things that we put into ourselves physically is eventually going to show up externally or internally in our bodies. And the same thing is true spiritually. If I'm not taking in the bread of God, if I'm not, you know, taking in God's diet for me, that spiritual nutrition and refreshment that I should be taking in continually, then it is going to show up in my attitudes, in my perspective, in my actions. It's going to show up 
in my life. Because it's absolutely connected. Who we are is determined by our spiritual diet just as much as what we look like and how we feel is determined by our physical diet. Eating is what we take in that literally shapes us. So that's why Jesus is saying, you've got to eat me. I know that sounds maybe a, a little, you know, raw, but Jesus is saying, you've got to take me in so that you allow me to shape who you are. See, the bread of God, just like our physical diet, is to be transformative. It, it's to show up. And if, if people are going to see Jesus in us, which it's very possible. Remember, that's how we were called Christians in the first place back in the book of Acts. We didn't call ourselves Christians. It was people who weren't Christians that were calling Christians Christians first. And why was that? Because as they watched them, as they listened to them, they said, those people, the way they live, remind me of that Christ, that Jesus. See, they were taking Jesus in, and it was shaping who they were so that they could be more like Jesus. That's why it's so important that you and I make sure that we develop a daily diet of Jesus where we are continually taking him in. But let me go back to verse 50. I want us to make sure that we get what Jesus is saying here because he's not saying something that's not correct. He says, this bread that came from heaven, if anyone eats this bread, they will not die. Wait a minute, Jesus. We're going to die, right? When God talks about death to him, and he wants this to be for us too, Physical death is not a bad thing. The death that God says one should dread is spiritual death, where we are separated from him. And why do I bring that up? Because I think especially after this past year, we have many people in our society, including many Christians, who are existing simply not to die. They're not really living. They're not living. They're simply trying to hold on not to die as if death is somehow something to be run from or dreaded. Now, let me remind us of some things that the Bible says. Now, first of all, I'm not saying we should be reckless with our lives. I'm not saying we should be irresponsible. But what I am saying is, when you and I take in the bread of God every day, we have a different perspective on physical death. Because the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from God, including physical death. 
So instead of running from death or dreading death as a Christian, I should look at death as the day I die is the day I get to see Jesus. It's the day that John talks about, when I see him, I will be like him, for I will see him as he is. That's death for me. Death is the day that the Bible says the sufferings of this world are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to me that day that I die. Oh, and by the way, Paul says, for me, living is Christ and dying is what? Gain. It's a promotion. It's the best thing that could happen to me. And the reason I bring this up is because I think we are, even in our Christian culture, because of our lack of spiritual diet and nutrition, we have gotten ourselves in a place where physical death even for the Christian, is something we should try to avoid at all costs. As if it's the worst day of our life, the day we die. Now look, I stand before, I'm not looking to die. And I'm not certainly going to go out here and, you know, throw myself in front of a car just so I can go to be with Jesus and go to heaven. But I'm not going to stop living I'm not going to reduce this abundant life that Jesus came to give me just simply by existing not to die. That is no way to live. And that's especially no way to live as a child of God. If I live to the fullest and God takes me home, <laughs> I'm good. Again, not being irresponsible, not being reckless, but certainly not living and just simply existing not to die. That's not eternal life. That's not abundant life. And that's why Jesus said, when you take in the bread of God, you won't die. Why? Because you'll never be separated from me. And being separated from me is what is the worst. And that's really all the word death means, separation. Separation from anything that is truly worthwhile and valuable. And so God says for the Christian, you're never going to be separated from what's truly valuable or worthwhile because what we said a couple weeks ago is, if it can be taken from me, then it's really not that valuable. It's the things that can never be taken away from us that we should truly value. Because those are the eternal things that you and I will enjoy and experience and be engaged with forever and ever. The things that can leave us or be taken from us, then they're just temporal. They're just physical. They're not the most important and that's why I said at the beginning of this message, this message is a message literally of life and death. You and I, even as children of God, are either living every day or we're dying every day. And the choice 
of whether we're going to live every day or die every day is really based on our human appropriation of the bread of God. Our spiritual diet. Our spiritual nutrition. Are we going to make it a priority to continually and continuously come to the bread of God? Continually believe in the bread of God? Continually look on the bread of God? And continually eat the bread of God? Jesus said to those that were following him, do not work for the food that disappears. Work for the food that remains to eternal life, the food that only I, the Son of Man, can give to you. One more thing. You would think, right, after these inspiring words from the bread of God himself and claiming to be the bread of God, that people would have just rushed and said, like, they, give me this bread. I want you, Jesus, more than anything else. No. Take your eyes and go over to John 6, verse 66. And look at the response of many of these people when Jesus said these things. From that day forward, many of his disciples quit following him and did not accompany him any longer. That's their response. Well, Jesus, I really don't want you. Wow. Jesus is saying, I will be all you need to find fulfillment and satisfaction in your life. I will be all that you need to experience life on the highest quality level that you could have. And they said, and notice, it wasn't those that didn't or weren't following him. It was his disciples. Those who had been following him says, nah, what the world has to offer, their bread is better than your bread, Jesus. I'm done. And by the way, it was a once-for-all thing. It's not like they stopped following him and then came back around. No, this is... This is we're done once and for all. We're never coming back to Jesus. I share that because it is my hope and prayer that you and I will never make that kind of response to the bread of God. That we will realize that there's really only one thing we truly need in this life. And that one thing is the bread of God, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, I ask today that each of us would search our hearts, search our souls, God. And just say, where are we? when it comes to our relationship to the bread of God. Jesus, are you just somebody that I go to when I'm in a crisis situation? 
when I have a need or a prayer request. But God, I don't look at you as my everyday sustenance and nutrition. I've never looked at you that way, God. That I desperately need you more than I need anything or anyone else. And that if I will simply make you the priority of my life and put you first above everyone and everything else, God, I can begin to experience life like I'd never experienced it before. And this kind of life will not be affected by earthly circumstances or situations or challenges. This life will be the best life no matter what I go through, God, because it will be lived in close, intimate fellowship with you, Jesus. I will be living off your bread every day. I will be feasting at your king's table continually in my life. So God, may we each make a commitment to begin to partake of the bread of God in our life like never before. We all make time to make sure that our physical stomachs are filled. May we make it a priority in 2021 to make sure that our spiritual stomachs are filled. That our soul is filled up with you, God. And that we have the spiritual nutrition to keep on going in this world and to be strong. These things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? And as we sing this last song, may we truly sing it as a worship song to our Jesus. To say, Jesus, more than anything else, we want you, God, the bread of God.